You're listening to Masters of Web 3, presented by Transac. Join your hosts, Sammy Start, Transac co-founder and CEO, and former CNBC money journalist, Megan DiMatteo, for an exclusive look into the stories behind the world's most well-known Web3 startups. Each episode, we will interview the high-profile founders, developers, and innovators building the world's most widely adopted blockchain protocols. Hear the highs and lows they've experienced along their journey from the people behind the tech that's changing our world. Let's get into the show. Make it as easy as possible for mainstream users to buy crypto within your decentralized app or wallet. Onboard more users to crypto, handle higher transaction volumes, improve conversions, and increase revenue through a simple developer integration. To learn more, visit transac.com. That's T-R-A-N-S-A-K dot com. Hello and welcome to Masters of Web 3, Episode 1. We are so happy to have you. I am your co-host, Megan DiMatteo, a former CNBC money journalist. And the conversation that we have for you today is between my co-host, Transact's co-founder and CEO, Sammy Start, and Sandeep Nawal, who is the co-founder of Polygon Technology, formerly known as the Matic Network. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how Polygon came into existence and became the de facto layer two solution for OpenSea, one of the most popular NFT marketplaces. We're also going to talk about how Polygon built community along the way, because we know that that's a super important Web3 pillar. And we'll also touch on the challenges for mainstream adoption of crypto in India, because it's changing everywhere all over the world. But first, let's talk about what Polygon is. There are many reasons to love Polygon from both a user and developer point of view. Polygon was one of the first layer two solutions built upon Ethereum for scaling and infrastructure. Polygon hosts more than 11,000 decentralized applications, otherwise known as dApps, according to the company. Now, dApps are used for decentralized finance, otherwise known as DeFi and gaming, among other uses. And the dApp ranking website DeFi Llama I love that name, (laughs) lists 241 applications built on Polygon. Meanwhile, DAP Radar, which is another ranking website, has 43 pages of Polygon DAPs. The top most commonly used DAPs that are probably most familiar to people in the space uh, include Aave, Curve, SushiSwap, and Uniswap. BP Protocol is also built on Polygon, but today we're talking about Polygon. People love it. The company is based in Bengaluru, India. Earlier this year, they sent us some stats, which are actually pretty mind-blowing. Polygon is reportedly, according to the company, processing about 5 million transactions per day. Now, this was back in February when Sandeep and Sammy originally recorded this call. That number has likely grown. The Polygon token, Matic, has a market cap of $5.98 billion at the time of recording this introduction in May 2022. Now that's according to Coindesk. CoinMarketCap reports a $4.7 billion market cap. And as we know, sometimes there's discrepancies between the different outlets simply because crypto is volatile, right? And those numbers can sway throughout the day. Polygon has landed global brand partnerships with companies like D&G, Macy's, DraftKings, and others. But how did this all come to be? And how did Polygon get to be the company that they are today? Let's get into it. 
Please enjoy this conversation between Transact co-founder and CEO, Sammy Start, my co-host, and Sandeep Naiwal, the co-founder of Polygon Technology. Welcome Sandeep Naiwal to the Transact podcast series. Uh, I'd like to kick off by um, just you introduce yourself, um, how you got started in the world of blockchain and tell us a bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm Sandeep. I'm one of the co-founders at Polygon. I started in crypto back in 2015 and 2016, early 2016. And uh, I'm a computer science engineer by background. And I also have a management degree or background, whatever. At Polygon, my role is 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 on the is to make sure that the Polygon ecosystem keeps growing. And Polygon, uh, you know, whatever tech we are building has a uh, huge amount of adoption and uh, the vision of mass adoption for blockchain that we started uh, polygon with uh, my goal is to is to pursue that okay great and and for those who don't know about polygon already can you tell us about what is polygon yeah so polygon is uh, an ethereum scaling platform uh, it basically allows uh, you know uh, ethereum blockchain which is base- which has emerged as the most uh, you know, decentralized uh, and, and you know, like most reliable, you know, smart contract platform. Uh, and in our mind, it is going to emerge as a, you know, global settlement layer. Uh, but obviously, if it is, since it is very decentralized and very secured, um, uh, you know, uh, it, it is, it is inherently slow. So for, for, in order, in order for Web3 applications to be, uh, you know, to be building on poly, uh, to to be building um, in the in the Web three space, um, you know, you need scalability for the end users, and that is not available on Ethereum uh, blockchain. That's not possible on any layer one for for that matter. So what we are doing is we are building this this multi chain environment on the secondary layer or layer two, if you want to, uh, or, 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 you know, to 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 make sure that. Uh, you know, blockchains uh, or Ethereum blockchain is able to achieve uh, mass adoption. So that's the goal of Polygon to provide a scalability platform to provide the layer two blockchains, uh, which have very low uh, transaction fees and uh, very fast throughput so that applications can be built on, on these platforms while they are able to get the security and decentralization um, of Ethereum blockchain. Super interesting and, and, and obviously solving a real, a real pain point for, for mass adoption um, in, in the blockchain space. Uh, what I always love to hear is, is the, the founding story behind, behind uh, these kind of projects. So can you maybe, maybe tell us, like, how, how did this come about in the first place? How did, you, how did, how did the company come into existence and, and what, what inspired you, the founders, to, to create this? Yeah, so I mean, uh, before uh, Polygon, I think me and my other co-founder, Jayanti, both, uh, you know, were dabbling our hands at building dApps. I was building dApps as a consultant and Jayanti was uh, trying to build a prediction uh, market for, let's say, Game of Thrones, right? And he realized that it, it it was more of a hobby project for him and uh, he realized that he needed some sort of payment uh, engine and which is available globally so that attracted him to crypto for me uh, and and you know he clearly saw that you know those uh, like those payments and all that even though the promise of crypto is that you know seamless payments and smart contract but uh, even by that time 
the you know with then the crypto kitties movement had happened and you know it was it was not very reliable uh, in my case i got into crypto earlier and then uh, earlier than jenti but i was actually uh, building some dapps and just like you know uh, doing some hands on programming myself uh, you know before st- uh, starting like my own uh, let's say product venture and uh, it was very clear to me building those 4 5 10 dapps that uh, you know uh, the blockchains were not really ready for uh, mass adoption and then uh, jenti started working on let's on on this plasma research group and you know he showed me uh, that what he was looking to build and I, it was like a no brainer to me that you know this is an important problem to solve and uh, you know then we joined hands and we started the firm and you know several years later Uh, we are here yeah so so i i i would love to hear founding stories but i particularly love to hear founding stories where the founders are solving a problem that they've experienced you know i think a lot of the best companies happen when when founders fall in love with a problem and try to solve it and actually you're not you're not the first founder who i've heard who tried to start a um like a web3 application particularly i've seen a lot of founders starting a prediction market type application and then and then actually pivoting and solving like an infrastructure problem um enable them to uh to, to build that application so it's super interesting i i think that um i think that now polygon has come a long way since since these early days and it's now like becoming a very very big company so can you can you talk about um some of the lessons you've learned about um how to how to scale from from an idea that kind of solves an initial problem and gets some initial adoption and 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 what are some of the lessons you've learned in scaling that into a very big organization um i think like in in our scenario uh, you know i was like you know we were very very clear that uh, you know in, uh, we wanted to build this platform web3 platform which is actually used by the developers right so uh, and and you know the the core vision uh, and the core value was very clear that we want to build uh, and we want to bring mass adoption to blockchain so right from the start um, you know even when uh, my tech team was building the product i asked them to have a beta mainnet alpha mainnet uh, uh, you know before the final main mainnet could come in and i think you guys uh, were already like be, even before our mainnet was was launched we had like some 30 applications which many blockchains even layer one blockchains won't even have after like multi multiple years of going live right so uh it was very clear in my mind that you know i want to go for uh, more and more adoption on this chain and uh, that was the most important thing at that point in time like you know i mean generally when you are invested by let's say venture capitalists and things like that right uh, vc firms and all that they come with you with very high flying like this is the what is the strategy what is the 30 day 90 day 60 day plan and all that stuff right i am not sure whether in that early stages uh, that all is applicable to you right so you have one goal uh, and you chase that goal very heavily right so i mean in our scenario since we did not we did not have any vcs you know it's not like we did not want to we tried but nobody invested in us at that point in time so it was kind of a blessing in disguise uh, but in the sense that you know nobody was there to 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 guide us which actually is uh, you know problematic also like you know today now we have a strong vc backing and uh, you know we are getting that guidance uh, but at that point in time it was very uh, you know kind of a mad bull 
you know kind of uh, chase for us uh, that okay you know this is we want to achieve adoption it was very clear my the brief from my side to my business teams and we had a very lean and mean team that okay this is like 6 7 10 people and we want to be the most adopted blockchain in the world how, what do we do how do we backtrack from there and and do our stuff so keep it simple i would say just uh, you know in in early stages of your startup you are you want to achieve customers you want to get customers right like you know and then go all out on that like you know rest all of the things will fall in place and uh, uh, one mistake that i did i, I would uh, you know i i did was maybe you know now in retrospect is easy to say that but we should have i should have had more senior leadership guys with me but probably at that point in time it was difficult also to hire those people right like now you know every the whole world wants to you know come and join us and work with us but that time uh, you know it was not that easy thing but in the retrospect it feels like it would have it would have helped me uh, personally uh, if i had hired more leadership around me uh because right now uh i mean you guys also work very closely with me at times like i am there in the groups like responding if something goes wrong and all that right so uh you know i'm very deeply involved in the operations which you know now i i have to focus because now the firm is very big and then once it becomes very big then you have to focus on all these like you know now we are 300 people right so you need to have those okrs and kpis and all that stuff and then you know your strategy in place for one year two year five years and um, you know then a 30 60 day 90 day plan and all that stuff uh, i generally don't enjoy that stuff but you know i mean uh, and i and you know you have this theory uh, or like you know some paper by i think it's with paul uh, it's from paul graham like you know war time ceo peace time ceos i think i am more like a war time uh, guy so uh this peace time like i'm transitioning right now uh, you know in the peace time a bit of it where like polygon has achieved uh, you know like i think uh, we are the number one chain in terms of the adoption you know by orders of magnitude uh, and for some time like you know i am focusing on building the team and and doing that uh and then you know we once we have our zk roll up solutions and everything out then we go into the like real war zone right so i go back on the front lines but in the meanwhile i am uh, you know like as we are scaling my goal has uh, job has become to you know come back from the front lines and make sure that i have uh, you know uh, capable generals on all the fronts right um and then you know once we are ready maybe uh, for the next round round 2 we'll prepare uh, for that so yeah that that's my learning that you know first at a startup phase stage you should only be focused on customers rest everything you know like don't delay your uh, you know uh, customer go lives because you don't have enough people you don't have enough processes that will never happen right i mean just when you have the product out just go out and start getting the customers when the customers come in money comes in when money comes in you can hire more people you can hustle around and all that i don't recommend uh, you know startup founders to get too much into like planning because you don't even know whether the product that you have built is actually going to be get used by the people right so why spend too much time in planning for you know once your product is ready to go live and you know do all that stuff like just go all out all out war 
get the customers once the customers are there everything can be uh, you know backward installed but of course like once you get the customers when you start seeing the scale then you also need to you know need to be accepting of the fact that this might not be this has given you some success i think that is what i am trying to do right now that even though we have achieved this massive amount of success but i am trying to be very very open minded uh, and you know like i think generally it's it's like something that is you know i am also fairly uh, satisfied with myself that okay you know i am open to feedback so be fairly open to feedback because once you get success then it's it can be very easy to get carried away that no 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 like my ways are working you know this ways has this way has brought me here till now and this will take me forward no i mean you always get into these transition phases come uh, the, the the startups move from one kind of phase to another kind of phase and each phase needs a separate kind of uh, this thing so as a leader you need to also evolve so you know be a wartime ceo when you when you are at a very early stage then become a peacetime ceo when you know you create your army and all that like set up everything and all that and then i'm sorry i'm giving these uh, you know army kind of examples might not be might not suit well with uh, or sit well with some people but uh, then once you have you know kind of created that uh, you know kind of setup around you then you know you are also ready uh, or, or you are all uh, you know you should always be looking for the next stage of growth because customer and growing the business is the first thing and then everything in my mind at least falls in place you just have to be open minded once you start getting success just don't carry it away everything else is fine super interesting uh, so i'm i'm hearing i'm hearing kind of relentless focus on customers i'm hearing um higher senior people um as early as you can and 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 lean on them to take the the company to the next level and i'm i'm hearing like get things out quickly and um and like just iterate so so get get out something and and, and iterate on it and uh, and then from there you will get the traction in order to um to get more resources onto those projects so i mean why i say that is i have seen teams i have seen teams where they have a product ready and they have some customer traction coming in but then they will halt their sales processes or their business development process because they don't have the process to support those customers right i mean in one way it could be good but i don't subscribe to that strategy i am like you know if i am starting to get customers i will just go out start getting the customers initially there will be some compromises in the quality or support and all that but you you pile that support on the go you hustle through and then uh, you know it's always a transition period of few months where you might have to toil really hard uh, to provide good quality support but that will come don't halt your speed in terms of getting the customers i've seen so many teams which started getting some traction but then they thought that okay no no we are not able to give the best quality service and then they halted their sales process and in the meanwhile somebody else came in and uh, you know scooped their uh, you know customer segment so that that is my learning and it might not be applicable or acceptable to everyone but that's my approach right right and and how do you how do you measure success in the company so so are there any kind of metrics or or KPIs or indicators that tell you um this is where i want probably want to go and, and this is what success looks like yeah so i think like uh, you know it also it 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 varies from from a from the phase of a company from what phase a company in or a, a you know protocol or a startup is uh, you know it varies from phase to phase so let's say on the phase 
getting customers is the only and only matrix for you like are you able to get customers that means whether you have a product market fit or not for me again like you know some people might not agree with with me then once you move from this first phase 0 to 1 phase into a 1 to 10 phase then uh, you know your success will be uh, should be you know measured in how many leaders you have in your team are have you built a team which has enough amount of leaders who can take the company from 10 to 100 right and then once you once you once you grow into that 10 to 100 phase and you have built the leadership teams around properly then you will be able to scale skill still there will be problems and there will be hassles but at least you will be slightly better prepared once you go to 100 beyond that it's it's only about culture like you know what kind of culture because then you become like a self self propelling machine and only thing that that will make sure that all these uh, you know, people in your team, which actually are some parts of the machine somewhere are, you know, uh, moving well with each other, uh, you know, it will be defined with the culture. But again, like, you know, I also see a lot of teams in the stage one or stage two, like zero to one or one to 10 phase, uh, focusing too much on culture and, you know, like reading a lot of books and all that. I at times I, I find a lot of that as hogwash like you know when you are like less than 50 people old like you know the your culture is basically how your uh, you know founders are as human beings like there is no way you can set up a different kind of culture once you go from let's say 100 people onwards then slightly the culture starts playing some role uh, but you know let's say you, once you are beyond let's say you know 200 people then definitely like you know culture has to be important and you should also look at it you know in a transient phases like you know um, yeah I mean like put more and more focus as you as you go from uh, 1 to 10 to 10 to 100 and then beyond 100 culture is the only thing that's going to carry you and and, and what are those what are those cultural values you know if, if you had to if you had to say to um, someone who's who's joining Polygon, what, what are the cultural values that you would want them to embody? I want to say that for Polygon, um, two, three things are important. Like in crypto space, like it's very easy to, because there is so much of money flying around and all that, like, you know, like so many investments, tokens coming in, you getting offers because you are in Polygon, people want you as investor and whatnot, right? So integrity is the, one most key important, uh, you know, one of the most, uh, you know, cultural value I want to see in my team. And second, you know, th that's on the like, you know, basically, that's, that's basically the, the existence, basically, you know, the basic sanity for existence uh, in Polygon team, which I try to see now. Second thing is, uh, is, is then once you have ample amount of integrity, second thing I feel is, that that's important for us is humility and servitude right so i believe that you know we are doing the uh you know like i mean we can think of these layer two layer layer one adoption kind of uh you know localized games but i think the infinite game is in this scenario is that you know we are basically allowing the humanity to claim its freedom right freedom from institutions which we ourselves created, like it's our own prison in a way. And, uh, you know, humanity's freedom for from institutions. And that's what crypto enables. And, uh, you know, we are basically doing 
apart from building the infrastructure it's it's our job to to basically you know provide the service to ample amount of developers who can enable the end users to achieve that freedom so humility and servitude towards our community towards our builder is is the second uh, most important uh, correct uh, you know cultural uh, fabric i would want to inculcate in our team and uh, you know i'm like now more and more trying to make sure that that happens uh, we don't want to come across to as my team members also like you know as as some uh, because now we have become big like we are top 15 project and all that it should not be like somebody from our team is going and talking uh, you know rash or, or or you know like not talking talk, talking impolitely with with even like let's say a one person team or a hackathon uh, you know participant like i don't want that i want them to you know anybody who's looking to build on polygon to give them like a seven star concierge service because you know our job is to you know enable them to build on polygon so that's that's my goal yeah so 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 i i think that's really uh important point uh i, I think you know you, you said about integrity but also um keeping that that same level of um, serving the community as as you scale, uh, I think that's very challenging. But I think that's something that the Polygon has done a really good job at. Um, and and speaking about community, how how do you think about community, and and how did how how did Polygon go about building the community, and and what do you think are some of the keys to success? Because I I know that Polygon has such a thriving community, both in terms of developers and end users. So how did how did you do this? I think like, you know, I mean, definitely there is, there has to be a need in the market. I think the, when, uh, you know, we uh, were there in the market, like Ethereum uh, was definitely having uh, scaling issues. So there was definitely a need for uh, a platform to become or to provide low gas fees, higher, you know, throughput and things like that. But apart from that, I think, uh, you know, people also uh or, or developers also needed a production ready environment because ethereum even though it's costly it's a very stable environment right so production readiness in our tech products tooling providing tooling uh, to the developers when they are building something uh, was also very important so those were the things that basics you know we had to set right and after that like i think it was purely like the team's motivation as i said that you know our vision was very clear and initially when you know that point in time we were like 50 60 people or under 100 right so the dna of the founders becomes the dna of the team and uh, i think uh, you know from my side also i mean i i used to make sure that anybody even if it's a big company or a small uh, startup or a hackathon project if they are building on polygon uh, you know they are getting as much support possible from us and uh, i think that that itself became like a uh, kind of kind of a positive flywheel eventually right so teams culture grew in that in that regard and then uh, beyond that it was like uh, you know the community started also building around uh, around those things so our community also helped uh, you know each other and things like that so uh, that's how i think it was built and with with our with our larger like you know token holder community and all that i think that trust uh, is 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 important and initially uh, you know like it takes time for 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 the for the for the markets to have that trust on you and uh, even when like we had a very catastrophic uh, token movement back in 2020 uh, or 2019 actually 
uh, which actually uh, you know took out a lot of trust from the traders because you know some big whales in the market like you know did crazy movements up and down and all that and uh, which which was uh, which which kind of created a problems for us in creating that trust but you know throughout the next two years we always kept the interests of community uh, in front of us like you know we founders still own you know 85 90% of our tokens at this 20 billion valuation or 15 to 20 billion valuation generally uh, you know you don't uh, see so many uh, you know uh, protocol founders doing that and generally we have also you know kept our unlocks longer than expected so even now right now we are 6 months behind uh, one unlock which were which we were supposed to get in october right and we have not even claimed that so i think eventually community starts seeing that you know these guys are these guys are not here to do some short term uh, this thing so i think uh, you know with now now that has become a quite a big from and polygon community itself has become like a big phenomenon itself like i think we are now one of the most powerful communities uh, in in the space you know maybe after bitcoin ethereum and you know one or two more projects like solana or something like that or maybe equivalent to these projects yeah yeah it's it's super interesting i i don't know if you if you notice this but but you keep coming to this uh to this focus on on just giving uh customers the best experience and, and giving them that seven star experience and this is actually something i've seen in a lot of the best founders is that they're just they're just laser focused on one thing and uh i, I really see that in you it's it's super super interesting so, so moving on then, can you can you talk a little bit about what it's like to run a decentralized company, um, and 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 how that uh, you know what what kind of unique challenges that poses and, and how that experience has been for you? You know, actually, the experience is very good because in a decentralized company, uh, you know, everybody or protocol, everybody is 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 an owner of the protocol, right? So. Uh, you know all these senior people who have decent allocations or exposures into the tokens uh, you know they they are basically co-founders or entrepreneurs in their own small division right so for example uh, you know multiple products that we are building uh, you know Hermes, Zero, Maiden these these teams like Polygon, SDK these teams are uh, these teams are highly independent and anonymous teams like we don't interfere that much in their in their roadmap and all that and they are also like you know they, they're in they, their structure incentive structures and all that are built which are focused on delivery and adoption right because adoption is the key for us um, so that's why like you know overall experience is good uh, I don't see uh, you know any 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 kind of bad um experiences over there i mean compared to any normal startup um in the decentralized world although hiring is difficult but i think with the last this current wave uh that we had in the, all through 2021 uh and you know some part of 2020 it attracted a large number of uh you know web 2 and traditional world founders and uh, talent into this so which is which is slightly getting resolved but apart from like the talent related issues uh, I think everybody is now anyways very comfortable with remote. So, you know, it's it's not very different. I would say overall it's it has been rather enjoyable in uh, compared to, let's say, there is a con company which has a central control and uh, 
uh, everybody has to work in that and also i feel that in web3 the synergies between projects can be extremely extremely high because you know you have a platform uh, which is there and then uh, you know when the apps build on top of the platform then their success becomes uh, the platform success and similarly platform success when platform starts getting a lot of network effects it becomes app success also so in that way like the synergetic or symbiotic relationships i see are extremely very extremely high in number like instead you know compared to let's say the web 2 startups where you know the value lies in you accruing all the data all the proprietary kind of stuff here value accrues if you distribute more value to other people so that's why like you know uh, in in web 3 uh, striking partnerships and uh, working together with other projects is highly highly rewarding as well as enjoyable because um, many a time like many of the times like uh, you know orders of magnitude higher than let's say working in web 2 or traditional businesses uh, you can have symbiotic relationships with your customers with your uh, you know third party providers ancillary business providers and and things like that do, do you think that do you think that all companies will be decentralized in the future and and can you also provide some examples of types of companies you think will be and 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 if if they if there are companies that you think are not suitable what what kind of companies do you think will not be suitable to be decentralized mm, i think that um, uh, in in my mind i think most of the companies uh, should be decentralizable only those companies where you have very specific uh, let's say proprietary data or algorithm related things uh, you know they might find difficult but uh, but i think eventually when we right now we are in a very still very early stage of web3 right you know we are just trying to decentralize the transactions uh, transaction related data but uh you know we eventually we we will have decentralized hosting decentralized databases decentralized storage which will result in completely decentralized businesses so i would say that a large number of businesses would be uh would be uh, very soon decentralizable in the long enough time frame if you ask me i feel that you know probably 95% of all the businesses in world in the world should be decentralizable um but in a long term time frame where let's say the currency is also you know uh, crypto or blockchain based like the default currency which you use for your businesses and all that and every transaction is happening on smart contracts like you know not in this transitory phase where let's say you can have a business which can have 50% of their or larger number of transactions off chain and then only few number few transactions uh, on chain so it's hard to fully decentralize some of the business models over there but in the longer enough frame i think most of the businesses should be should be decentralizable uh, currently uh, i think because we are only decentralizing the transactions as of now and some part of the storage i think you know some of these apart from defi decentralized finance is obviously the biggest use case and then nfts is becoming bigger um, gaming nft should be a very big uh, this thing and but then after that like social uh, you know social tokens and creator economies should be very big and then daos i'm super bullish on daos uh, exploding uh, sometime in near future yeah what about 
what about uh, um, the Indian uh, Web3 ecosystem? I, I know that uh, Polygon is now a, a really global company and, and even you yourself uh, are becoming more of a global citizen. But um, obviously a lot of your origins started in, in India. So, so how, how do you see the Indo- Indian ecosystem and, and how, do you see, um, how do you see the challenges for mainstream adoption of crypto in India? Um, I think the in India specifically, uh, you know, because we have a large background of or a long-standing history of this, you know, off-the-books, cash-related economy and black markets and all that, and only in the last ten to fifteen years the government have been able to bring some things to the book. Mm, I think they will remain skeptical of crypto because the moment you introduce crypto suddenly you know all your existing systems go for a toss and uh, you know it completely subverts uh, all these uh, existing systems and processes that we have in place so i feel that uh, that's 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 going to be one of the biggest challenges in india in the short term but in the mid to long term i feel that crypto is something that is inevitable right it's like it's like, uh, you know, you cannot, it's, it's like a, you know, unstoppable force. It's going to happen. Like, so the sooner some of the countries, especially the smaller countries will realize it faster and they will start making massive changes around their governance. I think, you know, crypto disrupts the governments completely and government have to come into us, you know, kind of, it, it has to be like a government as a service, GAAS, like instead of SaaS. SaaS, you have, you know, gas, like government as a service and, uh, you know, government has to go into the, uh, into the service mode instead of like this uh, supreme power, which kind of collects the, the taxation and then, you know, in an institutional non-transparent way distributes it and uh, uses it in, into building things. Instead of that, it will subvert, like government will be one of the service providers in the plan, in the in the you know in the, in the modern world which is completely crypto and you know they get incentivized or paid on the work they do uh, and they they will not be like the bigger businesses of government is controlling currency building infrastructure and providing the security i think only the security part is not solved yet which is apart from that the building the infrastructure and controlling currencies uh, that you know crypto and crypto related business models can easily solve uh, but the third job of the government uh, which is like you know providing security law and law and order basically is you know the crypto doesn't have answer to that so how that will be solved can it's kind of a very high flying sci-fi thing but uh, let's say you have ai uh, which comes in and somehow you are able to code the you know the average uh, human being like you know protection and safety uh, you know logic into that uh, which is governed by let's say uh, the people of that particular uh, area of operation residence or whatever then you know it has then it will be able to fully disrupt the fully disrupt the government but I think the apart uh, uh, from the two three major tasks that governments have to solve I think it already, uh, apart from the currency, infrastructure and, and this thing, it's also only the security, law and order, uh, you know, is, is a remaining puzzle. If that gets solved, then governments 
you know might might be a thing of past and communities can run themselves completely super interesting actually you're reminding me a little bit of a book i read called the self sovereign individual where where because everyone is kind of earning their living online through digital economies that governments have to become a lot more competitive about about providing uh, a jurisdiction in which people actually want to live so um super interesting so so sandeep just to just to wrap up uh, you know final question what do you see as the as the future for polygon and and uh, just paint us a little vision of your um paint us paint us your vision for the future basically so you know we believe that polygon has the ultimate potential to you know be the transaction layer of 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 blockchains like you know where ethereum becomes the settlement layer and polygon emerges as the as the settle uh, as the trans, uh, you know transaction layer of web3 and uh, you know our goal is to be able to provide this multi chain environment which which is which is which is able to bring internet level scale to blockchains uh, and you know probably um, you know in a in a short to mid term if we are able to like our goal is to be able to create the infrastructure which uh, which 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 kind of uh, brings in you know which which kind of allows 50 to 100 million you know daily active users on web3 applications i think currently the scale that we have i think we have 3 or 4 million daily active users in all the app, all the web3 like including bitcoin users including ethereum including uh, you know games and all that everything is like probably 3 million daily average users uh, and we have the scalability to probably support around 10 million daily active users with all the chains everything if you include and i think that you know what the that the infrastructure that we are building we should be able to take it to 50 to 100 million daily active users at least provide the infrastructure and then the apps can come uh, which can bring in those users and then you know in the longer term like by 2025 or beyond we want to be able to provide the infrastructure which can concurrently Uh, let's say support billion users and that would need multiple layer 2 chains multiple layer 3 sovereign you know uh, protocol sovereign businesses running on sovereign rollups uh, at layer 3 at massive scale sub uh, settling few things into the layer 2 and layer 2 finally settling everything into the into the ethereum so uh, yeah it's going to be a long journey but yeah i mean the goal is to reach a place where uh, you know if the applications needed it could support even a billion dau it's very exciting i hope i hope we can look back on this conversation in a few years and and uh, and, and and you know that's all going to be true and, and we're going to look back on this like a happy happy memory okay uh sandeep thank you so much for for joining us and, and sharing your experiences sharing your wisdom and uh yeah let's wrap it up there thank you Thank you Sammy. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Masters of Web3, a Transact podcast. Stay connected with us by subscribing to the show, giving us a review and sharing this episode with one of your friends on Twitter. We know you hang out there. <laughs> If you like what you've heard, please rate the show. That helps us to keep delivering the best and latest stories on blockchain technology right to your ears. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been Masters of Web 3.